The Zest Podcast is supported by WUSF members just like you. It's part of WUSF, and we are stronger together. Your donation of $5 or $10 supports The Zest and everything public radio brings to our communities. And thanks to Candy Olson, an additional $50 will be added to your donation. Visit WUSF.org slash match to maximize your gift today. Chocolate is not simple. Chocolate is very temperamental. Like all it takes is you overheating it for five to 10 seconds and it's a wrap. I'm Delia Colon, and this is The Zest, citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. This week, a Tampa pastry chef offers tips and tricks to help us all bake better at home. She also shares her own bittersweet personal journey. Shayla Daniels knows all about the sweet life. The Tampa resident is pastry chef and owner of Shay Shay's Sweets. That's C-H-E-Z-S-H-A-Y, Shay Shay's Sweets. And she nearly always has something baking in the oven, from specialty cakes to French-style macarons. She even showed off her baking skills on season eight of the Food Network's Holiday Baking Championship. But for Shayla, life hasn't always been sugar and spice. I recently chatted with her, and in addition to helping us bake treats that look as good as they taste, she also recounts the health challenges that inspired her to move from Wisconsin to Florida and how her love of baking got her through some pretty dark times. I literally have been baking with family since young. Like I would, when my grandma would do like family dinners, she'd let me come in. And when I was little, so I could just sit at the table and do it. And then as soon as I was like tall enough to be at the counters, she'd let me help with that. We'd watch Food Network together and birthdays for gifts. I'd always ask for like baking stuff. I took cake decorating classes, every single like cooking class you could take in school from middle through high school I did. It's just, even when I've like walked away from the kitchen, I'm always drawn right back to it and realize that like, this is just my passion. This is my purpose in life. What do you love about it? Everything um, from just the fact that with pastry, it's so precise. Like when you're cooking, you can add a little extra, you know, too much pepper, too much salt, add other ingredients to fix it. Baking, no. Mm -mm. If the recipe calls for 188 grams, it needs to be 188 grams. Otherwise, you're going to have to start over. Like in pastry school, they always said, do it right or do it twice. How you can just take these beautiful, like raw ingredients and make something that's not only delicious, but beautiful. Baking is it's a science like you. You have to love it to do it and to do it well. That is 100% true. And the thing you like about it, the precision, is what I think a lot of people don't like about it and why Mm -hmm. a lot of people prefer cooking because you can be a little more footloose and fancy free with some of the ingredients. And they are so beautiful. Okay, I was looking on your Instagram. 
I'm guessing these beautiful creations that you're making are for like birthday parties and baby showers and weddings and things like that. Mm -hmm. So today is actually my son's seventh birthday. And I went to Publix yesterday and just got like regular cupcakes, sent them to class. But I know that's super basic. So what are some of the trends that you're starting to see in the baking world that the rest of us maybe haven't caught on to yet? Definitely macarons. Now that people are learning that they're not just this like super bougie dessert and that they actually taste good if you get them from the right person. (laughs) So now people are starting to, for gifts, be it like wedding favors or birthday parties, they're not just having cakes and cupcakes. So maybe have like a small cake, but then dessert table with macarons, cake pops, like the little cake sickles will have those, strawberries, like doing a full spread is now like, the thing to do and then for bigger like more fancy if you will events individually boxing up macarons making sure that it matches whatever the theme is another big thing with macarons right now everyone is doing like shapes so not just your classic macaron now you can make one that looks like a flower or character so i have like i've done winnie the pooh i've done the minions all types of stuff so those are that's like the new wave of pastry and i love it Okay, you're saying Macron. I thought it was macaroon, but you're the one with the fancy pastry degree. So tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) Yes, you are, but it's okay. Most people are. I don't judge people for it, so it's fine. (laughs) But that's the biggest thing in misconception. Everyone says macaroon because that dessert is what Americans know. The difference between a macaron and a macaroon, a macaroon with the two O's, that's the coconut. I guess it's technically like a cookie too, but it's with coconut, egg whites, sugar. And you cook that and there's no denying that it's coconut. Like, like you, you see the toasted coconut. A lot of times like people dip the bottoms in chocolate. Like that's a macaroon. Whereas the macaron is like the best dessert, biasly, on the planet. <laughs> and they're the little French cookies, the ones that everybody says looks like Krabby Patties. Those are macarons. The ones that come in all the pretty colors. Yes. Yep. And you can, that's the beauty of macarons. I feel like people in the beginning only did them to match whatever their flavor was. But realistically, macarons can be absolutely any color you want from just a a nice bright white to jewel colors, black. And you don't have to always use food coloring to do it. There's so many different other like colorants that are out there now from like charcoal powder to beet juice, all types of stuff. You just always want to make sure that you're getting like the food grade charcoal powder. And the reason why I love it is you don't have to use a lot to get the deep black color. And then there's no taste to it. So I feel like typically when you see like a black dessert or something, you're like, oh, that's going to taste terrible because normally it does. But with charcoal powder, there's no, absolutely no flavor there. I've had, I've used charcoal toothpaste before. And you would think it would be disgusting, but it does not have a flavor. Nope, not at all. Okay, so you have already mentioned so many things that I've never heard of. I feel like I'm in the Wizard of Oz and I'm still in the black and white section and you've stepped out (laughs) into the colorful world of Oz. So I have so many questions for you. You brought up something called cakesicles. What is that? Cakesicles are another new trend. It pretty much is like a larger version of a cake pop. So, you know, when you think cake pop, you think Starbucks, a cute little round ball sphere shape. Cake sickle just takes it to the next level. So it looks like a popsicle. 
but you can use any mold pretty much to make them. So realistically, it's just a different size or version of a cake pop, but you have a lot more surface area. So you can decorate them from like simple to adding fondant to them and glitter and just make them beautiful. There are a lot of time and work. I prefer to make macarons, but I do them as well. I tried to make cake pops once for a baby shower and my kitchen was a mess. Those simple, beautiful looking desserts, you see them on Pinterest. You're like, how hard could this be? Actually Uh pretty hard. And that's why we hire people like you. So what are some other mistakes you've seen people make? The first one that comes to mind are like chocolate dipped strawberries. Because everyone thinks that, oh, they're easy. And the grocery store sell next to the strawberries, the chocolate, if you will, to dip them and just throw it in your microwave. No one reads the directions on those things because you just figure, oh, yeah, it's simple. No, no, no. Chocolate. Chocolate is not simple. Chocolate is very temperamental. All it takes is you overheating it for five to 10 seconds and it's a wrap. Then there's no going back with that. And knowing the difference also between like a good quality chocolate and these like melting wafers that may melt easier, but they taste like trash. They really do. And so now you're serving people like these strawberries can be delicious, but they're having to bite through this disgusting chocolate substance. So yeah, it, I always, I see it and I'm just like, oh no, don't do that. So Mm. what should we do? I mean, I feel like you had a hidden camera in my house uh, the night before (laughs) Valentine's Day. What should we be doing instead? (laughs) So I always recommend, especially like for people who don't really have much baking knowledge, instead of just getting the like almond bark or whatever from Walmart or Michael's, get Girardelli's melting wafers. Because A, they taste a million times better. It's real chocolate, but also the specifically like their wafers, they make it so it is easy for you to melt them. So always look for the best quality and you can get Girardelli for like four bucks. You can get a bag of it. So it's not like it's crazy expensive either, but just the flavor profile for it and the final look of the chocolate after you've dipped it and it's set, it's going to be so much better than getting the candy melts. Like no, no shade to Wilton, like none whatsoever. I like to take like the Wilton ones. And if I'm going to decorate like the strawberries or a drizzle, I'll dip them in the Giardelli so it tastes good. And then I'm just drizzling the candy wafer on it. So it's not as much chocolate. I'm not having to dye the chocolate myself. Like it, so you can use both, but for me, taste is number one above anything else that I do. I want it to taste good because I hate when something's beautiful and then you bite into it and you're like, oh no, what did I just spend my money on? Like it was pretty, but this is disgusting. You mentioned chocolate bark. So if the chocolate already tastes good, probably a basic thing we could do with it is just to sprinkle in, I don't know, like some pistachios or something. Yep. Have a chocolate bark. Yep. You can do that. I always recommend if you're going to like add nuts to your chocolate or to anything, you can add to buttercream, you can add it to your cake batter. Always, always, always toast your nuts first. It's going to just bring an entirely new flavor profile to it because you're going to now get that roasty flavor. It's going to bring out the oils and the nuts to just really help enhance the flavor. And roasting your nuts is extremely simple. Put them on a sheet pan at 350, toss them in the oven for like 10 minutes, 
you'll know when your nuts are done because you'll start to smell them. You'll smell that nice roasted nut flavor and boom, they're done. Pull them out, let them cool off and then chop them or add them to whatever it is that you want. Now you've just given your dessert or your truffle, whatever you're making an extra layer of dimension. That's a good tip. And thinking about those melting wafers, I've seen those at the craft store. So Mm -hmm. what other food are you buying that actually tastes good from a craft store? It it just doesn't happen. So that's like a a sign right there. (laughs) The only other thing that I like would say food wise is okay to like maybe pick up. A lot of times they'll have flavorings or extracts. Those are completely okay to get. If you are ordering from professional sites, you have to wait for them to get chipped in and just run up to the store and grab your flavoring. And if you're in Florida, then you have chocolate sitting in your mailbox, which is never yep. good. <laughs> yep. The, that's another, yes, Florida, I love it to death. I'll never move back to the cold of Wisconsin ever again, but God knows that pastry does not like heat at all. And if you're trying to like order chocolate offline from whatever store, you'll know if it's quality chocolate, because if it is, they're not going to ship to Florida in the summer. Okay. My mom sent my kids some Halloween candy one time, and you can just picture what happened. Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. Where are you from originally and where are you based now? I am originally from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Grew up most of my life there, between there and Chicago, like all my families in the Chicagoland area. And then um, moved to Tampa in 2012 and I've been here ever since. What brought you to Tampa? Two different reasons. The main reason why I'm in Tampa now, in 2011, I had brain surgery. I have spina bifida, and with that, I have what's called a Chiari malformation, and that's where your spinal cord and your skull, they are supposed to connect like bone to bone, but mine didn't, and instead there was a hole, so the bottom tonsils of my brain slipped into that hole and was being compressed between my skull and my spinal cord, so we didn't know it. I was, I had just turned 19, and was perfectly fine. Like as a kid, they always, you know, said that could be a thing. But if by the time they're like, by the time you're 19, if you've never had problems with your Chiari, you never will. I turned 19 in March. I had brain surgery in September. Wow. So I have a titanium plate and screws in my head now. So cold and metal, they just don't get along. And that first winter after surgery, I went outside without a scarf, like because my mama told me to put one on and I didn't listen. Because why would I? And um, the worst brain freeze of my life. Oh my God. Because that plate got cold and it just, I said, no, no, ma'am, we're not doing this no more. I'm like, mom, we got to go. She's like, okay. And we packed up. One of her best friends um, had moved down here, I think 
two years before we moved. And so we're like, well, we know at least one person. Let's make the move in. She and I emptied our savings and moved to Florida. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. So how has that affected your baking life? Oh man, tremendously. So I I had the surgery in September. I didn't want to have it at all because I'm like, I'm 19, but I was losing cognitive functions. My arms would just go numb. My legs would just give out on me. My speech, I was losing my speech. The doctor's like, if you don't have the surgery by February, you'll be brain dead. So I said, okay, let's schedule today, please. And I went back to work a month after surgery, not fully baking, but I was in physical therapy for nine months because I lost function of my left arm and I'm left-handed. So yeah, stressful. So that just like changed everything for me. Cause I'm like, I have no other choice. I know I was put on this earth to bake. There's no doubt about that. And if I can't use my arms, like what am I supposed to do with life? I will always have spina bifida. So I have to deal with the back pains from that. But this industry, the first things to go are your back and your knees. I just know that I'm blessed because even when I'm pulling 36 hour shift, whatever it is, I may be a little to like feel tired, but I'm so much in love with what I do that I wouldn't change it. Wow. Even now, after my, my just having back surgery. Yeah, you just had back surgery, a f- what, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And before yep. we started recording, you told me you've got Macron's in the oven. Yep. So what does your doctor think about that? I mean, he doesn't know, so there's that. Okay. <laughs> I, I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast, but I also hope he does. <laughs> right? So he's like, just take it slow. Like, don't overdo it. I have to also, like, keep in mind... Don't push it too hard because then I'll just set myself back and I don't want to do that. But once again, it circles back around to, I love what I do. So when I'm not doing what I love to do, I get stir crazy. I got to get back on the, got to get back on the horse. So, yeah. But as you said, you learned in pastry school, do it right or do it twice. Yep. So where did you go to school? I went to school at the French Pastry School downtown Chicago. It was the best experience ever. Downtown Chicago is clearly expensive. So being just right over the border, I took the train. So my mom and I would get up at 2 a.m. because the train didn't leave from our town that early because I had to be in class by 6. So she would drive me across the border to um, Waukegan, which is one of like the first cities when you get into Illinois. And I would catch the train from there to downtown Chicago and then walk to class. And I did that in the rain, the snow, the heat of the summer. Like it was, it was rough, but I would 100% do it again. 100%. Wow. What a strong mother daughter duo you are. Amazing. Oh my gosh. She and I, connected at the hip. So she passed away from COVID unexpectedly, July 5th of 2021. Oh, I'm so sorry. What was your mom's name? Denise. Denise Denise Daniels. Oh, you've been through a lot. How, I mean, how do you even wrap your brain around the idea that you've had so much like pain and sadness, but also your job is to make other people happy. 
Yeah, that's, I think that's part of what keeps me going. I think the joy when people like get their pastries from me and whether it's a cake and they're just like, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Or when they taste the macarons, like that little ounce of joy from them helps to like continue to push me forward and not just give up and crawl under a rock. And then also knowing that she would want me to keep going and she's been opening so many doors for me since she passed. That joy is what keeps me going and reassures me that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Wow. A lot of us find baking therapeutic, especially during the pandemic. I mean, I was making soft pretzels, dog biscuits, like things I never (laughs) thought I would do. And so many people did sourdough. So have you found it therapeutic as you work through some of this grief? Baking has always been therapeutic for me during the pandemic. I wasn't baking for myself, like personally, but everyone else was stressed. So everybody was buying sweets. So I was still working during the pandemic. For me, it always has been a stress reliever. That's just like another beauty of baking. And this is what I do for a living. So not only do I enjoy it, but it relaxes me and I get paid to do it. Yes, please. That's how I feel about this job, because I get to talk to people like you. Okay, I could talk to you all day. You are an onion with many layers. But before I let you go, have the requests that people make, have those requests changed since you started baking? And I'm thinking of things like people who are gluten-free or people who maybe want monk fruit instead of sugar. So what types of requests are you getting now? And can those be accommodated? Yes. So I would say within the last 10 years, for sure, with when it comes to like celiac, I feel like before it became a thing, people just ate it and suffered. But now that like people realize that no, celiac disease is a real thing. It's not just, you know, a fad or a diet that people want. Being able to think outside the box and to find other alternatives has been awesome. So what really changed for me was about three years ago, my niece was born and she is the light of my life. And she was born with a million and one allergies. She pretty much can have air and water. And that was it. So dairy, soy, citrus, wheat, like the list. So she, there was even like skincare and like hair care products she couldn't use because there's colors and soy and stuff in it. So when that happened, it helped me to really see that there is a need for it. So I've at this point taken all of my recipes for cakes and other desserts and transitioned them where they can be done to be gluten-free. They can be nut-free. They can be soy-free. They can be dairy-free because there's people out there who don't get to enjoy desserts, which is sad because Desserts make everyone happy. Everybody's excited when, you know, let's get through dinner so you can have dessert. You know, every celebration, there's dessert there. And for people with allergies, they don't typically get that. Or if they do, it tastes like trash. So the fact that I can find creative ways to allow them to be able to experience what everyone else does and it be yummy, like, that that's amazing. Now, there's some things that I haven't really dipped my toe in yet. So I haven't really gone the keto route. I haven't done vegan macarons yet, but my cakes, I can do vegan. But that has just been fun. And I give the credit for that to 
my niece because she loves to be in the kitchen with me. And now that she can actually have desserts without getting sick, perfect. I love it. Yeah, that's a win-win. I've been trying to veganize a lot of my muffin recipes and cookies. So instead of butter, I'll use coconut oil. And then okay. instead of eggs, I'll use unsweetened applesauce. And yep. nobody can tell the difference. So leave us with one last hack, maybe to make something gluten-free. Okay. The best, so easy route is obviously getting a gluten-free flour, which is like going to be your rice flour, which I do like to use rice flour because it doesn't have a strong taste. Whereas if like use coconut flour and almond flour, there's a taste to it. And if you're allergic to nuts, you typically can't have either of those. So rice flour is a good one. But like for me, I do not to toot my own horn, but a bomb peanut butter cookie. And I don't use any flour whatsoever. It's just peanut butter, eggs, baking soda, and sugar. And it is still, you would have no idea that there was zero gluten in the recipe. So using things like peanut butter, like you said, applesauce instead of eggs, like finding those things and experimenting. Like, and it's okay to, to mess up. That's perfectly fine because now you just know what not to do so you can try a new thing. Just get in the kitchen and that's it. Learn your oven. That is the most important thing when it comes to baking. Know your oven. Know if you have a hot spot. Know just if your oven runs hot, if it runs cold, because you can do everything right for a recipe. And when you put it in the oven, it's out of your hands. So if you don't know what's going on in your oven, all that hard work is now just in the trash. Oh, such a good point. I've learned so much from you, like Yay. things about baking, things about life. Wow. You need a, you need a Ted talk or something. That would be fun. And it, it's so funny. Cause like, I don't think that there's anything special about me or my life. I'm just Shayla. Everyone has rough things that happen in life. And I know that I'm blessed. Shay Shay. Is that what we're, is that the nickname? Yes, 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 yes. Shay Shay, it was so great to connect with you. Thank you for being so open. I mean, you really are amazing. You're not just Shayla. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was really great to talk to you. Thank you for having me. And anytime you need to taste test something, you know, just just call me. I got you. I'm available as a taste tester. <laughs> Shayla Daniels is a pastry chef in Tampa. You can follow her on Instagram at Shay Shay's Sweets. That's C-H-E-Z-S-H-A-Y, Shay Shay's Sweets. She shared a recipe for strawberry shortcake crumbs, and you'll find it on our website, thezestpodcast.com. Thanks to Jeff Houck, friend of the pod, for suggesting Shayla as a guest. You probably have a suggestion for a Zest guest, too, we don't know what we don't know. So help us out by emailing your guest ideas to info at thezestpodcast.com. I'm Delia Cologne. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. Our digital team includes Alexandria Ebron and Chandler Balcom. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media. Copyright 2023. Part of the NPR Network. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. 
But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR.